Hello and welcome to the Access of Space Defense and Security podcast. I'm Omkar Nikam, your host for this episode. In this podcast, we explore the latest developments and trends in the fields of space exploration, defense technology, and national security. Each episode features insightful interviews with experts and industry leaders who share their perspectives on a wide range of topics, including the latest advances in satellite technology, space exploration missions, military defense strategies, cybersecurity, and more. Whether you are a space enthusiast, a military professional, or someone interested in the latest innovation in technology and security, this podcast has something for you. Join us as we delve into the cutting-edge research breakthroughs that are shaping the future of space defense and security. Stay tuned. Episode 36 is a continuation of episode 35. So before proceeding with this episode I would kindly request you to first listen to episode 35 so that you'll be very well connected with our conversation in this episode thank you very much enjoy the episode I, I believe Iran uh, you know not to mention uh, I would say uh, in an explicit manner but because you know I mean uh, we are sticking to this topic uh, but I would briefly like to mention uh, there have been associations you know with uh, North Korea and of course Russia as well we have seen mm-hmm. to the Ukraine war uh, but I believe Iran's steps have been causing a lot of regional destabilization or possibly it might even cause you know in the future in a that might you know shape the continent in a much more different way so do you believe there is an involvement of uh, foreign intelligence agencies in the Israel Palestine conflict and if yes then what can be the potential consequences for the regional politics because i believe middle east uh, you know is is a complete you know it's it's near to europe and asia it's it's a kind of you know i would say an mm-hmm. economic hotspot as well mm-hmm. uh, one wrong move can actually destabilize the region for years so uh, what is your yes. uh, what is your thought on this it's a good question we don't have you know strong evidence that uh, the Iranians are uh, have been able to infiltrate into the uh, internally to Israel to the decision makers circles and so on we don't think so okay we think that uh, they, they are not in that stage obviously Russia for many years are uh, interested in what's going on in Israel because they look at Israel as a as a as a close friend of the United States but yes. uh, but Israel is a, is a target from these countries but um, to execute terrorist attacks in Israel after Israel attacked their uh, nuclear scientists and so on but uh, most of these uh, attacks have been uh, didn't yes. were not fulfilled mainly because of the good intelligence uh, preventive intelligence that, that we counter intelligence that, that we had before the Iranians were ready to execute it so from you know from from this from the point of of intelligence I, I, I we look at Iran as a as an enemy uh, with a strong capability military capabilities but we don't see that they are very strong in intelligence gathering about Israel yes we, we, we don't have this uh, this uh, signals up to now obviously the uh, you know the Hamas and Hezbollah they are losing they are using a uh, signal intelligence 
in order to listen to, to what's going on in Israel and they, they, are, they are gathering open source intelligence and, and so on. So that's something that we know, but we, are, we, we believe that they didn't have an infiltration into, into sensitive installation in Israel. And they are far from, from that kind of a standard of intelligence. But we, 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 we have to be skeptical. We have to always to think, okay, what happened if, if, if we are wrong? Uh, because when we look at the attack of the 7th of October, we saw that, you know, for the, the gathering of information about the installation in the Israeli border between Gaza and Israel was excellent. They knew everything. They knew where are the cameras, where are the positions of the soldiers, they knew what are the, the weaknesses of the wall that Israel have built between Gaza and Israel, uh, which cost us two and a half billion dollars. It's a huge wall, <clears throat> by the way, much bigger yes. than there was between uh, East Germany and West Germany. And it goes <laughs> also deeply into the, into the ground for around uh, 30 meters in order to avoid yeah. the uh, tunnels attacking attacking yes. from tunnels so we saw that they have they have watching us very carefully for a long time the analysis seems to be quite good and when they attack they were for example they have they have established around 15 gates in the uh, okay. in the fence in the wall and through there they pass their forces 15 gates, it's huge, it's, it's a big number, and, uh, and it shows that they have capabilities and we don't have to undermine their, their capabilities. Okay, and uh, I'm coming to the question uh, of the technology as well uh, in the further part good, of the good. conversation. That's good, uh, that's Yeah, good. but uh, firstly, I'd like to take a step a little bit back and you know focus on the synergies between intelligence agencies and policymakers. Uh -huh. So, uh, how do you think uh, it has influenced the handling of the current conflict, the synergies between policymakers um, and intelligence agencies? We want to believe, okay, I, and I'm very careful about it. We want to believe that the, the military establishment in Israel is not influenced by the uh, politicians. We want to believe so. Yes. And we want to believe that the national intelligence estimates are done independently. And yes. but but it seems that you know maybe I'm too optimistic. I, and I tell you why. I'll give you one example. Okay. Yes. Um, at one stage, the Israel government decided a year ago. You know that the the, the in Gaza as well as in Judea and, Judea and Samaria, they are Palestinians and they are the same. From the strategic point of view, Israel didn't want the, uh, in order to weaken the uh, Palestinian authority, the strategy was to build a rift between the Palestinians in uh, Gaza and the Palestinians in Judea and Samaria. And the, okay. the, the strategy was to, um, it's hard to say, but it seems to be quite true that the, uh, it's good for Israel that the Hamas is strong 
and the uh, the uh, Palestinian Authority in Judea and Samaria and Samaria are weak. And you know, every month we allow Qatar to bring into Gaza Strip around $35 million. Uh, it was allowed by the Israeli government. And uh, the, if, you, if you bring, if, if you accumulate the, the uh, all the, the uh, sums of, of dollars which have been entered to the yes. Gaza is around $1 billion, okay? In the last uh, yes. year or two. And this helped them very much to um, to to build up their have huge uh, um, um, uh, um, huge panels uh, uh, under Gaza. It is estimated around maybe 315 kilometers altogether. You know, it's it's yes. something huge, and and part of it has been come from from the funding from Qatar, which originally was in order to help the people of Gaza, who are very poor, and around 50-60% of them are not working, okay? So the, the, the question is, if this was the policy, the strategy, how comes that the Israeli intelligence community, the Israeli security establishment didn't inform the uh, government that this kind of yes. uh, strategy is actually threatening the security of Israel. And it didn't happen. So it seems that there was a kind of Im influence of the, of the uh, government, of the policy of the government, which from the point of view in national security seems to be very wrong. But yes. I think, frankly, we can say that no one stood and said, "Okay, this is something." So no one from the from the government, from the from the security uh, establishment, didn't stand up and say, "Hey, guys, it's wrong. It's going to threaten the security of Israel." Yes. So I want to believe that the um, security establishment of Israel is independent, and it's doing yes. its work professionally, but. Yes. In the last year, I have some doubts about it, which I have to uh, share with you. Yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh, yes. I believe uh, you know this. This is a very extensive explanation that you provided. This is really good because I believe uh, the role of policymakers and you know the independent perspective of each of the agencies is very important, mm -hmm. uh, regardless of you know the influence of the politicians. Uh, because I believe this at the end plays out uh, well in shaping the national security yeah, and right. as well as the international footprint of the nation, any nation I'm mm -hmm. talking about. Uh, not only Israel, it can be any, it can be United States, it can be India, it can be any nation. So I believe this independent right. uh, uh, driving wheel is very much necessary for every mm -hmm. agency. Mm -hmm. And you know, coming coming back to the point of technology, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how has technology such as like you know surveillance, data analysis, impacted the uh, intelligence landscape in this conflict? This is a great question because you know the Israeli is very is a leading in technology for military purpose, but also for intelligence gathering. Okay, 
And yes. now we see, I wrote today an article about it in the Israeli leading business journal, Daily. It's a daily about what happened to us with the, I would see the tension between technology and low tech, okay? And I will explain what I mean. Israel is very good in technology and the gathering capabilities from cameras, from balloons, from satellites, from signal intelligence. We are very, very good, okay? And for years, yes. we spend huge amounts of money. The budgets are really so big in order to develop technology. Yes. At the same time, unfortunately, much less money and resources has been uh, allocated to, let's recall, low tech, okay, to the uh, conservative uh, uh, tools that that you use, and I will give you an uh, example. I, I mean, is the, uh, the capabilities of the Israeli soldiers, which actually has, uh, you know, himself with a kind of a rifle or a gun or something like this, and uh, and behind him the there is a technology. What happened to us in the in the in the wall between Gaza and Israel was that we had there a huge amount of cameras, the high definition cameras, which were watched, used to watch everything that happens up to one kilometer, two kilometers from the border, okay? And actually, when the, after the wall has been built and the cameras has been installed, what happened was, and it's hard to believe, that less and less soldiers was, were were uh, stationed uh, close to the uh, to the border, to, close to the wall, and because the uh, the, the feeling was the the assessment was that the technology is doing very well, and through the technology we will get an early warning on a change in the, on the other side, which actually means a kind of uh, potential for attack, okay? Okay. But the, but, but, the, but the Hamas understood it very well. And before actually, or just as the attack started, what they have done is they attack the cameras on the, on the fence. And suddenly, the 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 um, Israel became blinded to what's going on in in, in uh, around the, the the wall around the, the this huge fence, and we didn't have uh, and as there were no soldiers, you know, uh, yes. in, in positions around there, there was no one there to say okay. So suddenly it was like a, a it was blind. We have been blinded. It was dark, and, the, the, and and we have also balloons on on the air. But these balloons have been have been taken down for maintenance purposes uh, a few days before that, and there was no alternative to the devices. And something else, which is more important, 
The Hamas learned for years that the Israeli signal intelligence is very, very uh, high standard. So what they have done for the last two, three years, they don't, uh, they don't speak on, on, on the air on important uh, uh, things, okay? And they yes. have built a, a, under the surface a telephone lines, which they use in order to change or exchange of information, important information. And you know, ordinary things are and on the air, on the air through mobile and so on. So what actually happened was that Israel have major capabilities in order to gather information about intentions and about preparations because it's all done under the surface with, you know, the old lines, telephone lines that we know for so many years. So just think about it, that you have a major signal intelligence apparatus, which doesn't see part of what's going on because it's under the surface, under the ground. And secondly, you have these uh, cameras and others uh, is, uh, um, equipment on the border, which is giving you information what's going on if somebody is, 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 is coming closer to the uh, fence. And this has been blinded. So technology yes. and, and, and the Hamas knew about it and they took it in consideration. And actually, when they end, when they broke the wall in 15, opened like 15 gates in the wall, there was there no soldier in order to, okay. uh, to, to, to uh, stop them. And it took quite a long time, a few hours on that day, in order to understand what's going on. So relying too much on technology is so dangerous and false yes. because, you know, Israel is like a, a, a startup nation. The reliance on, 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 um, on uh, uh, technology is maybe too much. It's maybe yes. too much. And we paid huge price for that over relying on technology. And now there is a status, we will wait until the end of the war, but I'm sure that after that, it's going to be different. You know, we'll have technology, but we'll yes. have a cover up from, you know, the old, the low tech like soldiers and tanks and so on, which will be around. So if something gets wrong, we still have an alternative, we still have a backup. And this is a lesson that, you know, every country have to learn. And, you know, because sometimes you say, okay, the Hamas seems to be, you know, terrorist organization, what they know. No, for the last two years, they became like a military force and they gather intelligence yes. and they know exactly what they are doing. And they use our weaknesses in order to attack us. So I wrote about it about it today in the, in the Israeli business uh, uh, daily, uh, uh, quite a long article saying, you know, over-relying on technology is very, very uh, uh, dangerous. Yes, this is, a, this is a very good point. I always tell a lot of my colleagues and uh, the industry, I would say friends as well, uh, 
you know the human intelligence especially i would say field work right human intelligence is important it is human important intelligence, you know we had in in i wrote about it regarding gathering information on gaza there was a division between the uh, military intelligence which is more on technology signal intelligence and the isa which is more towards human human intelligence human and unfortunately on both uh, the human and and the singing we failed because if we had a super agent in gaza he would tell us in advance that something is going to happen no you don't need super agent you need some agents that have been trained for it and are ready for it and are briefed by by the hamas and but we didn't have this we didn't have good humans and as i said to you about the signal intelligence they knew that we are so that we have an advantage there and that's why they have uh, installed all their equipment under the surface so we found ourselves yes. you know in, in a terrible situation in and we were not uh, aware of it until the 7th of october we yes. are like it's a it's it's a, it's a something in our mind it's not you know it's not that the over people like to like technology it gives them a good feeling that you get a lot of information and so on so on so on so okay yeah. but but sometimes when the technology that doesn't work you don't ask yourself do i have a cover do i have a an alternative yes do i have something to cover if the technology yes. is not well yes yeah i completely agree with you on this absolutely it's it's very important that you know people learn to do this but i i hope uh, you know because i would say uh, at least for my generation at least uh, mm-hmm. the old school old school intelligence uh, yeah uh, human intelligence is still uh, you know thriving uh, but well, i'm not sure course. about the future future generation yeah you know what said israel in in 1973 where we 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 were lucky that you know two years before that a yes. very senior person from, from was very close really very close to the president of egypt sadat he volunteered yes. to to work for israel and he gave us a year before october 1973 he gave us the full uh, the, a book which included the the uh, war plans of the egyptians that yes. didn't change very much until a year later and this yes. saved us yes and uh, you know just uh, i would say taking a little bit a step back and zooming out uh, from this conflict mm-hmm. uh, and and this is for you know in general for i would say uh, the security of the middle east and the mm. regional politics as well from that yeah. point of view this is the final question uh, yes. in the line because we are approaching the end of the podcast now yes, and so yes, yeah. yeah so what are the long term consequences of intelligence failures on regional security and stability in the middle east from your perspective um you know the from the psychology from the psychological point of view 
in the Middle East when country like Israel, which is considered to be very strong, a leading uh, military power, when it failed, it's, it kills our uh, reta retaliation capabilities. Suddenly our enemies, it, it's dangerous that our enemies will, will, um, will think that maybe Israel is not so strong as we saw before. And maybe it's an opportunity for us to, uh, to attack Israel. Or because it's very, it's, we are assuming that most of the people in the Middle East don't like Israel. Muslims very much don't like the Jewish people and they don't like the existence of Israel inside the Middle East. So when you have such a failure, which they don't expect because they, even after 73, uh, they still thought that Israel is a, is a strong military power with a very strong intelligence uh, organizations, agencies. And when something like this happened, there is a danger. They will start to think, okay, maybe if Israel is not so strong as we thought, maybe we can find a soon a opportunity to attack Israel or to, um, or to undermine and 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 to to see what we can what they can do against Israel, you know retaliation is so much it's so important because this is retaliation is is causing your enemies not to attack you because they understand they feel that they will get a, a very a, a strong response, but if your retaliation yes. is not working you are under a, a, a danger that you will be attacked more than you thought before. And we in Israel, if you want to have a very strong economy as we have with a strong high tech, we need to, to have a very small uh, uh, regular service in the army. All the others are in the reserves. And if we will be attacked again and again, we will have to, to recruit again and again our, our reserves. And from, from the economy point of view, it can be also a disaster. Yes. So it's not just a military aspect, it's also the, the, the economic situation, Israeli economic stability. And we have to be aware yes. of it. So we have to re, I hope that after this war with Hamas, Israel will regain its retaliation power and the, our neighbors will think uh, many, many times before they, 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 they attack us. Because if it's not going to happen, it can really endanger the stability of, of Israel. Yes. And, uh, you know, just to kind of, you know, I would say, uh, close of the session, uh, the last question, I always skip it for the students because mm -hmm. there are a lot of uh, audience from the student segment as well, the researchers, people who are doing the PhD at the moment mm. uh, in yeah. the intelligence and security domain. So this question is specifically for them, you know, and you as an expert, you know, having such a vast uh, experience for the decades, for several decades, I would say. Uh, so what message you would like to share with students, researchers and mm -hmm. other stakeholders participating and engaging in peace and conflict research studies? 
Good. First of all, I'm, I, th I think that we spoke about it, and you are aware of my book, which was published also yes. in English. Okay. Yes. And in that book, as well as what I'm going to say to you now, I am giving, when I teach my students, and, and when I teach, you know, business analysts and so on, I always say to them, you know, gathering information is important, it's critical. But what yes. is more important is your analytical capabilities. And yes. because if you don't understand what you gather, you will it, you will misjudge what's going around in business yes. as well as national security. And yes. I pay and, and I know that there are a lot of cognitive biases that people have regarding and it have a, a lot of influence, it's a very strong impact on the uh, analytical capabilities. And I spend a lot of time. Uh, giving my students uh, students case studies, which actually what they are, what I'm trying to train them is how to read and understand complicated situations, and how to understand the meaning, and how to deliver it to the senior executives. And I have. Unka, I have to, to, to tell you, it's not an easy job at all. Because people yeah. are, I, I'm getting, I, all, I always get people say to me, I don't have enough information in order to analyze a specific situation. I said to him, okay, that's what you have. Don't think that you have, you, you always will need more information. But what you have quite often is enough in order to create a high quality analysis. And don't yes. think about the gathering, think about the analysis and think yes. what is going to be your added value to your executive. Don't tell them what they know already. Tell yes. them, give them another angle, give them another perspective. If, by the way, don't bother with what they, if you know what they think, you have to say, you have to share with them what you think and don't try to satisfy them. Many executives like very much that the people will, will, will satisfy them and will say how strong and how good and how clever they are. Don't think so. You have to be professional. Don't be yes. influenced by your bosses. You have to be independent, professional, to share what he knows, what he understands, and this is actually will be your, your major contribution uh, to the organization where you are working. Yes. Yes, I believe uh, uh, you, you mentioned really this important point, you know, with whatever information you have, uh, you have to first, you know, bring out uh, uh, gold out of it, I would say, in terms of analysis. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is very important. Uh, mm -hmm. And I hope uh, the students take away the key message from you. Uh, mm -hmm. So yeah, once again, thank you very much, Avner. Uh, I thank you so much, Yonka, for yeah. for, for a, a approach to me and for yes. what you're doing is very important. I have to tell you, it's it's a major yes. contribution to to many people. And go yes. on and with your important activity. It's really yes, I'm very yes. impressed with it. Thank you, thank you very much. I I hope to record a few more episodes in the future. Uh, as okay. we can see the developments, yeah, yeah, because I think 
there have been a lot of questions that you know i i personally feel have i i'm, I'm but, open yeah. you know i'm open yes, if you yes. approach if you if you write to me yes, again approach yes. to me again I definitely definitely be happy yes. to help you yes yes sure sure yeah thank you very much yeah thank you anka all the best to you thank you for listening to this episode if you find our podcast insightful then please like share and subscribe see you in the next episode thank you